Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, January the 18th. This week's podcast focuses on the launch of our maternal and child undernutrition series. In a moment, you'll hear our editor, Dr. Richard Horton, introducing the series and an author from the first paper, Dr. Zulfi Kebuta, from the Department of Pediatrics and Child Health in Karachi, Pakistan. And to find all information about the maternal and child undernutrition series, go to WebFocus and click on Undernutrition. There you'll find summaries of all the articles, links to the full text articles themselves, and all the audio from the launch. Before we hear from them, here are a couple of other items in this week's issue of The Lancet dated January the 19th to the 25th. Some potentially good news for arthritis sufferers. Results of a phase 3 randomised trial from Germany show how slow-release prednisone taken at night could substantially reduce morning stiffness. In the trial, over 200 patients were randomised to either receive conventional prednisone taken first thing in the morning or the slow-release prednisone taken at night before going to bed. Individuals given the slow-release prednisone had a 22% reduction in morning stiffness. And also in research this week, a study showing how non-specific immunomodulation could be of benefit for people with heart failure. But our main focus this week, understandably, is the launch of a major series concerning maternal and child undernutrition. The series was launched simultaneously in London and Washington DC on Wednesday, January the 16th. Here's our editor, Dr Richard Horton. As you all know, how we feed the world's population is a hot political issue these days. Um, The way many politicians and scientists talk about food and famine is to imagine that there's going to be some simple technological fix like genetically modified foods or crops. And if nutrition was that simple, we wouldn't need to have a report like this. Five years ago, when The Lancet published its first report on child survival, nutrition was pulled out as a critically important factor affecting the lives of under five children. With this report, we look at that issue in a great deal more detail. And you're going to hear from each of our speakers this morning who takes the lead on each particular chapter or article in this report. The key messages that we really want to get across in this report is that nutrition is a preventable cause of over a third of child deaths, and that amounts to over 2 million children, over 10% of disease burden worldwide. What we've done in this report is to go beyond children and to include mothers as well as the child. One can't think about child health without thinking about the continuum of care to the mother as well. This team of scientists have also pulled together all the interventions that we know about that can affect nutrition and have identified the strongest evidence to support those interventions and have also looked at the remarkable statistic that over 80% of the burden of undernutrition lies in just 20 countries. When we're thinking about how to fix what they call the broken global nutrition system. In fact, we are focusing on a relatively small number of countries and the predicament that they face. We also are drawing attention to the fact that although this is about maternal and child undernutrition, the problem that undernutrition presents is not confined to children and mothers. What happens early in life has significant and permanently damaging effects that extend right throughout life. 
So what you get right in early years can have profoundly positive effects on human development in later years. And that's a critical message that often hasn't come out of the way we think about nutrition. Thank you, Richard, and, and good morning. I've been charged by the group to present to you paper one and some of the salient features from this paper. This is a data-dense, thick paper, so I'm not going to attempt to give you all the statistics there are, that are in there, but just some of the salient findings that derive from a systematic review of the current evidence base for how important hunger nutrition is. This has resulted in this group looking at over 380 national surveys from 139 countries and recent information from the new WHO growth reference standards in terms of deriving the estimates that you see in this paper. It has also presented the burden and consequences of undernutrition in a variety of ways, including not just estimates for stunting, wasting, and deficiencies of micronutrients that I'll share in a second, but also the relationship of undernutrition with measures of long-term impact that encompass a composite measure of not just mortality, death due to undernutrition, but also disability in, in the long term. So a measure that you will hear about and see frequently in this paper is the disability-adjusted life years, tallies. We start off with maternal undernutrition, and in contrast to child undernutrition, information on maternal <coughs> undernutrition and its relationship to maternal mortality is relatively sparse. There are several measures of maternal undernutrition in this paper. One of those is maternal wasting, identified as being underweight for a particular height or low body mass index. And surprisingly, many countries in the world have a fairly high burden of low maternal BMI, in some countries as high as 40%. In terms of the contribution of maternal undernutrition to mortality, there are no robust direct measures, but one can safely <coughs> say that things like iron deficiency anemia in the mother significantly increase the risk of mortality, accounting for perhaps about 20% of maternal mortality in the global context. One measure of maternal undernutrition is its impact on the fetus, and it is estimated that close to 13 million children are born annually with intrauterine growth restriction due to maternal nutrition deficiencies. Of the measures of child undernutrition, we have more robust information and measures such as stunting, which is a measure of chronic restriction of growth, wasting, which is more representative of acute weight loss in the short term. And both of these are caused by a combination of having either poor diets that do not provide sufficient nutrients or by concomitant high rates of infectious diseases and morbidity like diarrhea or combinations thereof. And the major impact of all of this is in the early years of life, the first two years in particular. To give you an example, we estimate that about 178 million children globally under five who are stunted. And just taking the countries with a prevalence of stunting greater than 20%, 36 countries in the world identified on this map account for over 90% of the total global burden of stunting. Severe acute malnutrition, as I said, is a measure of acute nutrient deficiency in contrast to stunting, which is a measure of chronic deficits. And globally, although these estimates may be at variance with some previous estimates, we believe that 55 million children are wasted and 19 million of these are affected by severe acute malnutrition. The highest prevalence of severe acute malnutrition in South Central Asia 
where 29 million children are wasted. Micronutrient deficiencies are deficiencies that affect in a covert manner or hidden undernutrition outcomes that may be of great relevance to child and maternal survival. Vitamin A deficiency is widely prevalent globally as indicated in this map, as is the potential deficiency of zinc indicated by availability of zinc in national diets and prevalence rates of stunting. Our estimates indicate that amongst micronutrient deficiencies, vitamin A and zinc deficiencies account for the largest remaining disease burden beyond stunting. And in combination, these micronutrient deficiencies that we focused on account for about 9.8% of total childhood tallies globally. Of the risk factors that we evaluate in this paper, I'm just highlighting one risk factor, which is suboptimal breastfeeding, which increases the risk of adverse outcomes through illness and poor nutrient intake, and overall globally is responsible for close to around 1.4 million child deaths and 10% of all global childhood deaths. And as you can see on the slide, these feeding patterns, whether they're exclusive or predominant, vary greatly by region. And in some parts of the world, close to around 30 to 40% of children are not exclusively or predominantly breastfed. So to summarize, the key findings in this paper indicate that more than three and a half million mothers and children die annually as a result of undernutrition. A large proportion of this burden is concentrated in just 36 countries of the world, which represent about half of the population of children in these respective countries. Taking a very sophisticated measure, which takes into account co-exposure and mediation, these nutrient-related, nutrition-related risk factors account for about a third, about 35% of the total burden on child mortality and 11% of the global total disease burden.